The reality is that life is hard. And the reality is this, is that there isn't a chair in here that it doesn't have somebody at some point in time sitting in it that's going through some kind of a struggle. The reality is the lie that says that, hey, you know, that person doesn't understand my problems or my challenges or the things I'm going through. You'd be shocked what the person sitting next to you is going through in this room. The reality is that life hands us what life hands us. But here's the reason we take time to share these stories. As difficult as they are, and as true as they are, and as much as this is really what we deal with, there's something larger than all of that. And the reason we gather is that we believe that that's Jesus Christ. Amen? And we believe, and I have experienced personally, that power to go above and beyond those things I cannot handle, those things I cannot deal with, those things that are overwhelming. And so this morning, we're going to continue in our series of five crucial characteristics of uncommon people. And I look at some people that are in my life and some of those mentors that are in my life, and they're there for a reason. They're there because they're uncommon. And as I look at their life and how they've handled the challenges in life, I say, I want that. I want to know how they did that. How did they accomplish that? Invest in me. Tell me. What did you do? How did you do it? And so this morning, you're going to hear some great Scripture that's going to encourage us and move us along the right direction. This morning I want to share with you, we started with purpose. That someone who is uncommon and who knows where they're going is because they know their purpose. They understand their purpose in life. We talked about that two weeks ago. Last week we talked about selflessness. And how does that work with somebody? And, and this idea of, of selflessness within our society is so uncommon that when it happens in front of us, it's highlighted, isn't it? We have whole good feel shows. The whole Hallmark Channel exists. Because of selflessness. Don't buy into it. They're making millions off you. Alright? Today we're talking about faith. And this may be the most powerful part of the entire five-part series. Actually, it's going to be a six-parter because this is so powerful, I had to break it into two sermon series. And we'll, we'll wrap it up next week. Next will be risk. And after that, we're going to talk about moving mountains. I want to share with you a, uh, a napkin note. Have you guys ever received these? Napkins of truth, they get kind of left in coffee houses and things. This individual, Blake Franks, articulates it so very well. He says, it's called a leap of faith, not a drag your feet to faith. So what? So quit analyzing and get moving. Oh my goodness, we are so good at analyzing in the church, aren't we? Oh wow, pastor had a great illustration today. It was so, by the way, I do, you know, so just get ready for it. Pastor had such a great illustration today. Man, did you hear that illustration? If you haven't heard it, you're going to need to go on the internet and find it, because I'm sure that's where he got it. He never makes up anything. Folks, we need to be the story. Amen? It's one thing to hear it from somebody else. It's a completely different thing and powerful thing and uncommon thing to live it yourself. And that's what this is about this morning. And that's the power of that, that message. So we're going to keep that always at the forefront. Let's get into the Scripture today. Hebrews 11.6 is where we are. And if you've been around the Scriptures for a while, you know that this is 
the prolific part of the Bible that talks about faith. It's just incredibly encouraging. We're only going to be in one verse, so I encourage you throughout the week, maybe go through it. Because there's a lot of examples and understandings of of what we're going to see here and what we're going to examine. How did that work with people's lives? How does it really work? And so explore that a little bit more afterwards. But this morning, let's just focus on verse 6 because it gives us enough for today. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Let's pray and ask that God would reveal through His Spirit what He's trying to show each of us today. Let's pray. Father, speak to every heart in here. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't have that capacity, that ability, but you do. You understand our hearts. You understand our spirit. You know what's happened in our lives. You know the deepest concerns. You know the deepest trials, the greatest joys. So as we dive into these promises, these demonstrations of of your love and the relationship with you, let it speak to us. Let the light bulb go on. Whatever, whatever is necessary, God, so that our lives change. We move out of the common into the uncommon. And let no one be deceived that's here today that this is for somebody else. Let each person understand that the challenge of faith is available to each and every one of us here today. The gift of faith is available to each and every one. And that choice to practice faith is available to each and every one. Honor our time today, God. Speak to your glory. Amen. Well, you're in a plane. I'm not saying it's Spirit Airlines. But if I was going to have an airline, I don't know that I would call it Spirit Airlines because that gives the impression that that's all that will be left of you. My wife and I are flying Spirit Airlines this week. Pray for us. I've never flown with them. I think it's going to be a tremendous experience. We're flying back to Chicago in the winter. And I'm flying a discount airline to Chicago in the winter. All right, whoever booked this conference in Chicago in the winter, I'll be talking to you later. They obviously have not heard the word Barbados. (laughs) So we're flying, let's say you're flying Spirit Airlines, little engine trouble over the Sahara. I don't know why you're over the Sahara, but you are. Engine three goes out, engine one, engine two, you're all out of gas. Uh, They ran out of peanuts and that's it. So you're barreling into the earth, you auger in, you are the sole survivor. You're out in the Sahara by yourself, all the water, all those Evian bottles spilled out. There's nothing. So now you are in an unfamiliar territory and you have to foot it somewhere. You pray diligently and you just start walking. Now it's day two, and you're still kind of walking. You get over Sand Dune 18. And off in the distance, there's a shack, believe it or not. And you see this shack, and so you have great hope. And you get up closer, and it looks a little run down. And it looks really dirty. And it actually looks very old. And it's, 
It basically is advertising no one's here or no one's been here for centuries. So, yes, there is a sign of civilization, yet, I don't know. You go inside the door, and there you see, promptly for your enjoyment, a cup of water. You can't believe it. You're, you're like, praise God, there's a cup of water out here in the middle of the desert in a shack in the middle of the desert. No thanks to Spirit Airlines. And so you go to the cup of water, but there's a note on the cup. Because next to the cup is this old-fashioned pump for a well. And it's covered with cobwebs and dust. And on the note it says, I know you, if you, if you have arrived here, I know you'll be tempted to drink this water. But if you want to save your life, you need to use this water to pour it into the pump, to prime the pump, And if you do so, there's just enough water for that. You will have limitless amounts of water from the pump. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, this is decision time, isn't it? This thing hasn't been touched. We don't even know if it ever got water. No signs of civilization. We have no explanation in this illustration how the water could be existing in the cup. Just get over it. Just go with the illustration. But there's pure water in the cup, and it's just speaking to you. So what do you do? You drink the water, of course, and then that gets you ready for another day, and you go and you're walking for one more day, and then you die, and the vultures start picking your carcass, and that's what's left. There's just this carcass sitting out in the Sahara being picked by vultures. Isn't that a great story? It's so encouraging today. Where we're going with things. How many of you have ever heard that story? Raise your hand. Have you ever heard that illustration? Didn't really end the way you thought it was going to end, did it? That's right, because Jeremy brought you a great illustration. Let's keep going. This morning, St. Augustine said, this is a great quote, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Not to be outdone by St. Augustine, for you who are fans of the Dark Lord. Many of you didn't know Darth Vader is a Christian, but we just wanted you to be aware of this. Goes into a record store. Sorry, Your Excellency, we don't have that George Michael album in stock. He responds by saying, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Let me say that punchline one last time. I find your... Okay, obviously, first service actually got a kick out of that. Hmm. Okay, now this is fascinating. Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Have you ever been on the downside of that? I'm like in a foreign city and there's a staircase coming out of like a subway or something. I'm thinking, okay, and I, I have the mental thought, I don't know if I want to go all the way up that staircase because if I have to go up there, and that's not, I've got to come all the way back down. There's another staircase. And that happens sometimes, right? But folks, we'll never get to where we need to get to if we don't take that first step, right? This is a great quote. God's silence is difficult to accept. We want Him to leap into action when we call, particularly if we are hurting or afraid. But since He promises to meet our needs, we can be sure that His silence from heaven has a purpose. This morning just wanted to show you that. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. 
But if I told you that a cat could have karate chopped a pit bull, you wouldn't have believed me. So it's on the internet, so it's real. Okay. This is a great quote by uh, Johann George Hoffner. says, Faith makes a Christian. Life proves a Christian. Trials confirm a Christian. And death crowns a Christian. When you have faith, you get the purpose and the meaning of that statement. This morning, I want you to wrestle with this idea. They say that you walk away with two minutes out of the 500 that I'll use to speak this morning. So if there's something that you're going to walk away with, I want you to get the verse, and I want you to get this comment. The common life lacks faith. It just does. It's, it's, it's something that is, well, it's not common to us, right? It doesn't come naturally, this idea of faith. But the uncommon life is unlocked by faith. Some of you know what we're talking about with that. Some of us need to understand it in a deeper way. And for maybe some of us, that's a brand new concept. And we need to unpack it. So let's do that this morning. Let's get back to the verse. We're going to start by breaking out the word faith. We're going to use it as, a, as an acrostic or acronym. I never know what those words mean or syllabus. So um, we're going to start with F. F is for freedom. F is for freedom. When it comes to faith, we want to look at the idea of freedom. And how does that work with this verse? Well, look at verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Do you know that the word impossible puts limitations on you, doesn't it? The word impossible puts limitations on you. Have you ever felt like it was impossible to get, to acquire, to move beyond something? That's what the world has for us, my friends. That's what this life gives us. It's what is handed to us. And yet, the writer of this verse, this scripture says, it's impossible. Wait a minute, scripture's supposed to be encouraging. It is. Let me help us think through this and unpack it a little bit. It's impossible to please God without faith. So what is God saying? Your response, your participation in this relationship is one of faith. That's just what it is. And if you practice that, guess what's going to happen? Well, it's the antithesis. Use the the reverse logic. What's going to happen if I practice faith? I am going to please God. What a mind bender, right? I mean, usually we think about our relationship with God as, you know, this idea, uh, and we're going to get into it with freedom here, this idea of, okay, God has this life for me, He has His will for me, and I need to show up to church and, and really sing strong because God loves me more the more I sing really loud. Did you know that? No, I don't know that that's real. I just wanted to get you to sing louder. Folks, the idea of wrapping your head around the, the concept that God is pleased We have relationship with a lot of different people, right? Good or bad. Or indifferent. But do you have a relationship where someone's pleased to be around you? Like they're authentically excited to be with you. Is that precious to you? It is to me. I booked for this conference that I'm going to in Chicago, and you know how excited I am about it. And uh, 
So it just worked out that I ended up getting a cheaper hotel in the heart of Chicago in this great area. And there's this beautiful hotel that I'm getting like $40 a night cheaper than a quality inn. And, and it just worked. And so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, my wife needs a break. She needs, she could just come here and just sleep for three days straight. And then she could get up, look out a window and go back to sleep. It'd be great. And I authentically want her to be with me when we die on spirit. No, I want her to be with me. We will be going over our will later tonight. I want her to be with me. And the thought of being on that trip and going through the flight and being there alone was kind of depressing. Because why? I don't know why this is a fact, but she's authentically pleased to be with me. And there's not that many people out there. So I will pay for her to go with me this week. But if you wrap your head around that idea, God is pleased to be with you. Does that twist? Do you get a cerebral cramp over that? I do. That's freedom. Because most people's impression of this God is that there's so much separation. It's all about do's and don'ts. It's all about qualifying. And I don't know who spewed that junk. But let's look and see what Paul says about it. Because Paul set the record straight. Freedom to move beyond impossible and live the uncommon life. That's what faith gives us. The freedom to move beyond impossible and what? And live an uncommon life. How many of you this past week have had a challenge, have had something that you've had to do, or you've got something coming up, and you just are like, nope, that's impossible. I do not want to take that one on. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, could we just skip over that? Oh, it's so fun looking at your faces right now. That one's impossible. Folks, with faith, God removes the I, which is for I and the M, which would be with me. I'm making this up as I'm going along. And you get to what? You get to possible. God flips impossible into possible all the time, but it's through faith. This is fascinating. Look at this point. Turn to Galatians 3.23, if you will. And the second point is freedom to approach and abide with God. I don't know how much we get this, my friends, that we can truly abide with God. We can approach God. We can be with Him. And, and I'll show you where I get this from. Actually, let me show you right now. Look up at the verse again out of Hebrews eleven six. What does it say? That, that if we have faith, we can please God. What's the next part? For whoever would what? Draw near to Him. That's not just some rhetoric, folks. That's not just some fairy tale. That's this concept that's put out there because it's a reality. You and I get to draw near. Have you ever been estranged in a relationship? Have you ever dreaded having to go to a holiday celebration because you were at odds with somebody? Because you knew it was going to be difficult? That's not freedom, is it? But because of faith, God will be pleased with us. Because of faith, we have the freedom to draw near to Him any time, any moment. Let's look and see what, what Paul says about this. This is absolutely fascinating. Starting in verse 23. He says, Now before faith came, 
we were held captive under the law. Well, that sounds fun. Imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our what? I have the word guardian. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Do you remember having to be with a guardian? Some of us still need a guardian. That's why she's going on the flight. You are not going to Chicago with credit cards in your wallet. Okay. Think back to when you were a kid. And think back to maybe when you were a teenager, all right? Let's, let's advance it to that point in time. And how much you long for your driver's license. That, you know, we were just talking about that. Austin, you know, Austin's 18. My son didn't get his license till he was 18. Uh, he's got a friend over that has a, a vehicle already, and, and he doesn't have it. We don't know what's going on with this generation, but it's saving us a lot of money. Okay? So I'm all for it. But when we were kids, and we've been talking about this a lot, man, did... The hour you were 16, you were there, right? Why? Freedom. Right? And then how many of you, it was like, you got to check in with your guardian to get permission to go places. And if you were going to be late, you lost your freedom. Right? How many of us want to go back to those days of having that guardian? I don't. I mean, I like my dad and everything, but when he comes for Thanksgiving, I don't ask him if I can go out in my car and drive around and and what time my curfew is. He has to tell me when he's gone. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is an amazing passage about this idea of freedom and how it's connected to our life with God. Paul used words like imprisoned. He uses words like... Like guardian, and that's what the law was. The law was put there to kind of oversight people, to tell them when they were messing up. And he says, now we have freedom because Christ has come, and it is because of what? Okay, it's the word, it's the theme, what we're doing today. Thank you, you're brilliant. Yes, it's because of what? Because of faith that we have this freedom. How tragic that we would shackle ourselves to something and volunteer no longer to be free because of a lack of faith. Third, freedom to have limitless favor from your Heavenly Father. This is a game changer. You you know what I mean by game changer? Does anybody know what I mean by... It's been all over the news (laughs) this past week, Inflategate, right? Right? Okay, you guys are much more connected than first service was on Inflategate, right? And with some of you, I, I can see you, you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor. But Inflategate, you know, all the whole thing about the Patriots winning and the balls weren't as inflated as they should have been and, and all this stuff. And so people are saying it's a game changer. And so what you're going to see is like a officiating crew of 25 people checking the inflation of the ball from now on for the next decade, right? It's a game changer. But well, you may say, well, Pastor, I don't get that at all. I could care less about sports. I'm coming next week to the big game to do a puzzle and eat food. That's what I'm doing. Good for you. I'll join you with the puzzle. 
and the food, most definitely the food. But a, a real game changer that I think all of us can relate to is gas prices. Right? We love game changers most of the time. How many of us have started thinking, oh, now I can buy this because I've got savings. Or now I could pay off this bill because I've got sa- Or now I could start tight. No, I'm not going to. It's a game changer, right? For our family alone, we've got like an extra $150, $200, I think, a month just from gas. That's crazy. That's a game changer. It affects us deeply. So this, this idea that we have freedom to have limitless favor from your heavenly Father, guys, that's a game changer. It changes how you see life. Faith changes how you see life. Now, Pastor, where'd you get this? Limitless favor stuff. I didn't, I didn't see anything in the Bible about limitless favor. It's right there. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and then what? And that He rewards those who seek Him. If you know Christ and if you've practiced faith, you know what it means to be rewarded. Now, anywhere in that verse do you see it say, and therefore all your worries and your troubles will float away down the river. It doesn't say that. But it does say that you will receive rewards. Because that's the character of your Father. And then you experience the uncommon life. It is a game changer. The freedom that faith brings. The second word today that we're looking at is attitude. And and you know what's interesting is, I'm just going to do a little... Um, going to do a little survey here with you. How many of you have ever, ever, based off of someone's attitude when you first meet them, just decided you know all about this person and you're moving on? Oh, really? That was fun to watch. So you too practice this, this, uh, this debauchery of judging people based off of attitude. You know, the interesting thing about attitude is it's a reflection, isn't it? It's a reflection of something that's deeper. And so when it comes to faith, and you know, you're handing these letters, you've got to make up something. And I just I really believe that the Holy Spirit told me, write the word attitude here, because it really fits. Well, let's break it out. How does this fit? Attitude is a litmus test of faith. Turn to Daniel 3 and, and see uh, what we're talking about. Um, and litmus test, in case you don't know what we're talking about, it's, it's this idea of really putting something through the paces and, and the proof, the empirical proof of, or, or the evidence of what's laying there. What, what's, what's the hypothesis? What's the, what's the strategy? What's the, what's the thought and, and the outworking of that? And so what's going on inside of me as a believer, if I truly have faith, guess what? That's going to be reflected, that's going to be magnified in my what? My attitude. If there's a challenge coming my way, and because of faith in God's reward to me, and drawing near to Him, I know His character, and so it prepares me to go through this challenge and this difficult storm, whatever you want to call it. It's not easy, but I have an uncommon attitude moving through it. Guess what? That's a litmus test 
That's an evidence of something that's deeper that's there. So let's see how this really looks. Let's see if in Scripture we can find something. How, you know, I think a lot of you guys are familiar with the three chaps from, from, uh, from the Holy Land named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Kind of got thrown into a different land, somewhat like Barstow. Um, it wasn't real nice, wasn't real cool, and you only want to visit real quick at a gas station and just keep moving through. So they're in this area and they've been taken captive. And uh, so the king, Nebuchadnezzar, sets up a golden image. Everybody's got a bow when the, you know, ding, ding, go, I don't know what it was, it blew a horn. But when that sound happened, you had to bow down. And there's some guys that don't like these Jewish people that were captured because they started to take place uh, like, like high-ranking places. They were recognized as having some abilities and, and uh, being of royalty and, and things like that. And so Nebuchadnezzar started giving them some things and Neb's boys didn't like it very much. So they were watching them. So when the horn blows, everybody's supposed to bow down. These three cats don't do it. And boy, we got them. And so we enter into the throne room. Nebuchadnezzar has been told these three guys didn't bow. You need to kill them. And he's bound by his own law. He has to do it. He has to kill him. He was bad at writing laws. Um, and that's where we pick up the story. So let's look starting verse 16, chapter 3. And let's look at their response. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I, I have the power to do this to you. I'm going to throw you in. I'm going to kill you. And so what do they say? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Now there's some freedom, huh? You know, you want to know what we think? Ah, we don't even really need to tell you. Okay? Okay, now just hang on a second. Fiery furnace, burning really hot, impending doom, death is involved. I'm standing before the one guy that could pardon me. What do you have to say for yourself? Do you want to recant? Yeah, nah, you know. I got a four o'clock I got to make, you know, I don't think I'm really even going to bother talking to you here. That's uncommon. I mean, that reeks of confidence, doesn't it? It drips of being sure of what you have faith in. So he gives an explanation. And this is what's, what's stated Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Okay, now that's, that's like, that's a big statement, right? That's really big. And that fits in the Bible. We get it. Great statement of faith. I wrestle with that. I don't know if I have that kind of confidence in my faith all the time. But I definitely don't have what you're about to hear. Let's look at this. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Uncommon. You talk about attitude. You're going to die. I'm bound by my own law. You are going to die. And it's going to hurt. Oh, okay. All right. 
by the way, our God's going to rescue us. And on the outside chance that He doesn't, doesn't matter. We're still not serving your idol, your image. Folks, that kind of confidence is uncommon. It's a reflection of something that's deeper. Is that what stands out in your life to others around you? Are people seeing Christ because of your attitude? Because your attitude is shaped by faith. That's the second point this morning under attitude. Attitude is shaped by faith or cynicism. Either your attitude is a reflection of the world around you and all the difficulties that you're facing day in, day out, or you have faith that trumps over those challenges, those difficulties. As I talk to Tony, and he's just been holding his father's body, and I'm saying, I don't know what to do, and I start to try in, and he says, Jerry, 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 you don't need to say anything. I'm good. What? Oh, I'm good. You don't have to go down that road. I mean, just, just tell me you love me and, and you know that kind of stuff. I like that. But if you're worried about my faith, well, I'm good. That had a profound impact on me. And that's what brought up this word attitude this week. Because there's something deeper, regardless of the storms that Tony was facing, that shaped his attitude. Third, attitude is a result of our pursuits combined with discernment. We have this note, this napkin note, that says that you can't just live vicariously. You know, we've got some, uh, some athletes in here. Um, Luke, by the way, congratulations. Man, second child, Isabel, great job. But if you know Luke, you know Luke's a big Giants fan. And uh, we know that Camilla has worn some jerseys already. And uh, he's trying to work on her becoming a lefty. Lefty specialist out of the bullpen, you know. And, and he's really, you know, and have you been at those games, not Luke's games, but have you been at those games where the dad's yelling, you know, for the kid, and, and they're up in the stands, and, and now they have this thing on TV, right, like, I think it's called Friday Night Tykes, I was flipping through the channels because I don't know them, I just switched to Comcast, that's what, like one of the most hideous things, not Comcast, but just when you have to switch and you lose all your channels, you don't know where, where, where things are, so Friday Night Tykes, and this is where they dress up like three-month-old kids in football uniforms, and throw them at each other to hit as hard as they can. It's highly entertaining. The, the point of the, of the show is this. It's not the kids. It's watching the parents lose it. And so like the parent is up in the stands for their seven-year-old. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know. And their son makes a great play. And so the guy next to him is like, hey, Bob, nice, great job. And, and, and Bob's like, uh-huh. Did you see what I did out there? Uh-huh. Because that was... That was me out there. I, I, folks, attitude is the result of our pursuits. And so often in the church, what we want to do is we want to listen to these stories that we heard today. Remember, I, t- I talked about this. Oh, pastor had a great illustration. It was so great. It really spoke to my heart. It was so endearing. And, and it, it kind of, you know, we even say this word. We, it moved me. But that's my story. And that doesn't make you uncommon. That doesn't deepen your faith. Your faith is deepened as a result of a pursuit. Not because you heard a good story. Take the principles from this verse and put them into practice. Draw near to God means to pursue Him. And then use wisdom and discernment and how to apply your faith. 
Last point today. Incredible. It's an incredible point. What can I say? Number one, incredible results from choices of faith over self. Turn to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, if you will. And we'll look at this briefly. And for many of us, we're, we're familiar with this passage. Um, it's very, very powerful. And again, incredible results from choices of faith over self. Ephesians 2, starting verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So what do we glean from this? Is that God has something incredible for you and I. It says, and without faith it is impossible to please Him. Well, if I have faith and I can please Him, guess what? That's an incredible idea to hold on to. That I can please God. That God is pleased with me. But keep going. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. And then what happens? And then He rewards those He rewards those who believe it. Funny thing happened this past week. Stopped in the 7-Eleven for some health food. What? So as I went and I got my high fructose, high carb banana from the fresh fruit section at 7-Eleven. It's right next to those taquitos that we don't have no idea what's in that. Right? And so I'm standing in line with my Twinkie. And uh, it's a long line. I didn't have a Twinkie. I did not have a Twinkie. Okay? And so uh, I had my food, but there was a long line. And there's this kid, and it's like holding up. I'm like, what is the hold up? I've got to get back to being healthy. And, and so there's this kid up front, and he's like doing this, and doing this, and doing and, and, and keeps. And after a while, the, the person at the register is kind of rolling their eyes, and, and it's like, what? And so the lady in front of me, five people back, she gets out and she walks up, she plops her, her purse on the, uh, on the counter. And she says to the person behind the register, I'll pay the balance, whatever is owed. And you know what? It wasn't so that she could get in line faster and and get out of there faster. She really sincerely just wanted to help this kid. You could tell just by her attitude. You should have seen this kid's face. You know, I I think like, and it wasn't even close. I think it was like $1.55 and he had 55, okay? It wasn't even close, and he keeps digging and digging, and he's like, oh, I don't have it, but you know, maybe something incredible will have it. And this lady steps up, and he literally just goes, really? Yeah, don't worry about it, sweetie. It's okay. And he just he turned around, and he just had this look of shock on his face because he so desperately wanted that thing, right? Folks, this is what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is talking about. That what we've been given through faith is incredible. It is a gift of God. And we cannot acquire it. We're like that kid standing at 7-Eleven. We can't pay for salvation. And a lot of us try. A lot of us think we've got something in the pockets that can impress God enough that He's going to give us salvation. But what God says is, here, let me get out of line. I'll step up. Actually, I'll have my son step up and he'll intercede for you and he'll pay the price. And when you experience that, you get that look. You get that attitude, right? You get that look on your face that that kid had. May we never lose that look. 
when it comes to our salvation and what God has paid. But here's the interesting thing about this is that incredible results from choices of faith over self. So you're saying, saying, Pastor, I didn't get where you... How is that story? Because the kid could have said no. And if it was one of our kids, we would have told him, you say no. Isn't that brutal? That we as parents, we would tell our kids... You, may, you let a stranger pay for your candy bar. What are you thinking? What are you doing? I think in the church we do that sometimes. That we're just not really comfortable with God paying the whole price. But again, we have to accept it, don't we? How many times have we been in that scenario maybe and somebody offers to step up and we say, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. Because we're not willing to respond in faith. I'll still ground my kids if they let a stranger pay for their candy bar. But that's beside the point. That's the choice. And when we respond in faith, we get incredible results. Incredible results. Second, incredible everyday life is possible through faith. As you have worked through this past week... Has life shaped a cynical attitude in you? Or has life shaped a uh, just an uncommon attitude? You see, faith and taking those steps of faith, like that picture of the staircase, right? Taking those steps of faith gives us the opportunity to have an incredible life every day. The question is, do we notice it? Do we take notice? Are we like the kid at the register where something incredible happens and we just... like, Are you kidding me? Because I think all of us have watched in one form or one shape or another a kid that doesn't respond that way. They're just kind of assuming. They're just kind of feeling entitled. And they miss out on the joy of the whole experience. And what's incredible no longer becomes incredible to the person. Why? Because they're not participating in it. That's our role in faith. And that's how faith informs incredible. Incredible change is possible because of your pursuit of God and His limitless abilities. That's the big challenge for you and I today, is pursuit. Are we pursuing God? Because it's good to listen to these stories, and I've been encouraged this morning as I've heard your stories. But unless I do something because of the message, unless I practice faith, guess what? I'm just common. I'm just living a common life. I'm not living the incredible. My attitude isn't shaped. I'm not having freedom. Next week you'll get the T and the H. As we wrap up this morning, remember the common life lacks faith. The uncommon life is unlocked by faith. And faith is not hoping God can. It's knowing He will. Lastly, this is a great way to finish today. This is by Neil Anderson. How do you remain steadfast and immovable during a trial of faith? You immerse yourself in the very things that helped build your core faith. And what a great visual, right? What a great visual. This morning, I pray that understanding how do we become an uncommon people, the motivation towards that and and the practice of it. Brothers, sisters, this is the most practical way that I can give you out of the five. This is the one that yields the most results of being uncommon. Live a life of faith and pursue that. Let me pray over you and dismiss you this morning. Um, Again, thank you for being here.
And I pray that the Lord is working in your life and encourages you. Make sure you say hi to some folks on the way out and uh, practice the faith, right? Let me pray. Father, you've given us all good things. And I thank you for these words that you encourage us with this morning out of Hebrews 11. That it's impossible to please you without faith. So we know that the inverse of that is that we can please you. We can experience you without having a barrier. We no longer need a guardian. We have freedom because of faith. Our attitude on a daily level can be shaped because of faith. We can experience the incredible because of faith and because of your character and who you are. I ask, Lord God, that as each person has been listening and thinking about their own life and contemplating how all this works, and that your Spirit gives them one thing that they can work towards this week where it yields results where it yields a reward. Encourage us, Lord, as we walk our path this week to your glory. Amen.